What, 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 what is that? I believe it's a F-38 Super Sabre, uh, Korean War vintage. Oh, what's so special about that? It looks, looks jet-powered. I mean, it's got a big hole in the front of it. Well, it's, it's probably the first um, offensive jet fighter that the Americans really produce. Um, Korean War, they were still using a lot of um, basic entry-level jet fighters, uh, turboprop stuff. The Russians or the North Koreans were supplied with, I believe, probably the MiG-15, which outclassed what they had at the time. See, this is what happens when you bring a bunch of motorcyclists to an airport. We're at Classic Flyers Museum. Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. We are in Tauranga, Classic Flyers Museum, just up the road from the airport. There's a whole bunch of airplanes around. There's a whole bunch of bikes being parked. We're here for shiny side-up bike fest, Tauranga. Keith Ling, we are getting ready for Shiny Side Up Tauranga. You've been with us for three events so far. This is your first North Island one. That is my first North Island one. Not my first time to the lovely Tauranga. Um, and unfortunately I wasn't able to bring the bike because of um, scheduling and work issues. But uh, it's great to be here with the fellow team and you know meet all the North Island bikers. Now the show and shine bikes are coming in uh, and there was one that, that had you go weak at the knees. Yes, that was the, the 1981 RD350 LC. Took me back to my days in the early 80s or mid 80s where everything was two stroke. Um, all you wanted was um, the RD 250 or 350, um, the RG 250 Gamma Suzuki. You know, the two stroke blue smoke brigade was the thing to have in those days. Some of our listeners might uh, know what you're talking about when you mention the, what did you say, the Star Wars Simpson helmet? Yep, um, back in the UK, you know, if you're a bit of a bit of a lad, you had a Simpson Star Wars helmet, because obviously it looked like something from Star Wars, made for drag racing, but if you were a lad, you, you, you um, had one of those and you had the green pilot's jacket, Dr. Martin boots and, and jeans and that was your clothing of choice when you had an RD350. What else we got here? I see um, a Yamaha R, uh, MT-01, the original one has just pulled up. That's that's a bit of me, but what else have we got here? Also got a Benelli and let's take a closer look at that. Um, apparently they stopped making them now and that is the Tornado, Benelli Tornado, but it has a really cool feature at the back that has two fans underneath the tail. See, that. I saw him pull up, I thought he might have had like little, uh, little uh, spinners, e- engines <laughs> or you know, yeah. uh, gas turbines or yeah. something in the back so of the bike. We've got the lovely Italian Benelli, we've got an amazing Ducati, Italian Ducati here that's got um, Olin suspension and had some real nice um, work done on it. it done it's in, beautifully classic, doesn't that, it? That is, that's absolutely um, amazingly well done. It's done in the style of um, like your retro calf racer. And then we've got a Royal Enfield. Royal Enfield, yeah. And that actually looks... That looks like the same as you could buy off the sh- shelf nowadays, just quietly. Does, they haven't I, changed. But I would say this one is an, an older one, and actually it possibly may be from the UK or something, because he's got an old English tax disc holder. So in the UK we call them tax tax disc, whereas here it's a registration label. Um, but that is actually, I would say that's a older one. Number plate Ratley R A T L Y. That's a that's a great number plate. And in fact, your um you Yamaha LC uh, that had a personalised plate yeah. as well. Yeah, LC. This um, Enfield is a 1958, so that's one of the original ones. What's um, this pulling in at the moment? That's a Yamaha 650. I would say that's 
looks to be more original than a, re a reproduction one. Just wait till he parks up and we can have a look at it. Some stunning bikes here today. Uh, the, the Yamaha here that's just pulled in the MT-01 has got sleeper personalised plates. So having a personalised plate on a bike is the big thing. Um, I have one myself that's got my initials on it and people always wonder what that is. Shall we go around and have a look at that Yamaha that's just pulled up? That's a 1977 Yamaha, absolutely stunning condition as well. An original retro, not a reproduction, and that's that's the thing. But it's got some nice touches like bar end mirrors, um, so it's, it's a little bit leaning towards the cafe racer style with the um, custom seat, but that's a really nice, so there's some really nice bikes pulling up down here that you don't see on the road every day, unique pieces of machinery. Heath Lang, talking to you about the uh, show and shine here at, where are we, shiny side up Tauranga. Uh, Heath, you'll be doing a, a few more talks um, throughout the day and of course in Carpety next week as well. Yep, certainly will. So we'll be still be talking about um, the trip around the US that I did and also how to stay safe um, in environments that you know and also on roads that you don't know. It's just about you know staying shiny side up. Brilliant. Look forward to catching some of those conversations as the day goes on. Let's cross now though to Matthew Day Gillett with On Throttle News. Harley-Davidson's big twin range, powered by the Milwaukee 8, has plenty of big bike character, but that has come with a big bike price to match, until now. Entering the market this year is the new Harley-Davidson Softail Standard, which brings the character and heft of a Milwaukee 8 big twin engine well into the sub $25,000 market, by undercating the Street Bob by $4,000 with a price point of $22,750. Harley describes the new model as a lean bobber profile steeped in attitude with the dynamic performance of the Harley Davidson soft tail chassis and the unrelenting power of the Milwaukee 8 V-Twin powertrain. Righto, so sports bike riders will undoubtedly question the Motoco's performance claims, but they're not exactly who Harley Davidson is targeting with the soft tail standard. Those who are stepping up from the entry level Street 500 get wanting to avoid the aging sportster range, definitely in the crosshairs for Harley Davidson here. Styling is based around a classic vivid black paint scheme which is highlighted with gleaming chrome and polished finishes that bring out that classic Harley Davidson aesthetic. Harley's aim here was to present a bike that defines what a Harley Davidson is at its most distilled form and that certainly appears to be what they've achieved here. Other styling touches include a solo seat with a chopped rear fender combination along with an all blacked out Milwaukee 8 107 engine highlighted with a polished rocker primary and timing chain covers. Cylinder head fins are not highlighted interestingly which accentuates the very minimalist look. The exhaust is always an important part of any Harley and the soft tail standard is no different. Breathing through a 2 into 2 offset shotgun exhaust with chrome shields and mufflers the exhaust helps to enhance that long low and profile of the bike. Rolling stock comes in the form of a classic 19 and 16 inch spoked wheel combination while the look is finished off with a set of mini ape handlebars. While Harley Davidson Australia and New Zealanders have set the pricing of the new soft tail standard at a very attainable $22,750, owners naturally are going to be able to spend a lot more and deck out this very stripped back basic bike by dipping into the extensive Harley Davidson parts catalogue. On top of the usual additions, Harley Davidson is offering four packages from genuine motor parts and accessories which have been created by Harley Davidson as a customization starting point for the standard model. Each represents a, distant, a different custom 
and direction and all components of each package can be ordered by an authorised Harley-Davidson dealer. Though, importantly, all Harley-Davidson dealers aren't going to naturally have these sitting in stock. Uh, Harley is yet to confirm a solid release date for the Kiwi market, but with the bike slated as a mid-year addition to the Harley-Davidson 2020 model line, uh, we expect it's still a couple of months away. There is a new home for Cardo Systems here in New Zealand. Cardo has been in the motorcycle communication game for over 15 years now and they were actually one of the pioneers way back in 2004. The new distributor is Darby Accessories, they're good friends of us here at the Kiwi Rider podcast. Uh, they're also the guys behind the massive motogear.co.nz website. Basically the Cardo stuff in a nutshell, it's all waterproof which is a massive selling point so you can use it on your dirt bike, your road bike, your BMX or your push bike. Uh, doesn't matter what helmet you're wearing so long as it's a motorcycle helmet you can just whack one of these on and have all that uh, phone functionality that we all like to do. Uh, constantly improving the user experience, uh, Cardo has introduced what they call dynamic mesh communication in its pack torque range, which is the upper end of the market, uh, for improved and enhanced intercom connection functionality and natural voice operation. So you can actually voice control these things. On top of all of that, they have JBL and Harman audio, so you have really, really good sound experience here. Uh, we're proud to begin work with Darby Accessories in New Zealand, says Jonathan Yani, Cardo VP of Global Sales. Our products are available through a strong partnership, so to add Darby Accessories to this team is fantastic. They are already extremely established within the motorcycle market and we look forward to working with them moving forwards, taking Cardo systems to the amazing roads in New Zealand. Uh, the Cardo range starts with the entry level Freecom One Plus, which offers a fully proof a fully waterproof intercom unit capable of 13 hours of talk time via Bluetooth connection to mobile devices on a single battery charge. Topping off the range is the Pactalk Bold, which adds bike-to-bike -bike communications with up to 15 other riders, JBL speakers for the ultimate listening experience, and over a kilometre of range. So the, we've already said the range is all waterproof, that means they are IP67 waterproof rated, meaning that they can be dropped into a body of water up to a metre deep for half an hour safely. Uh, so that's more than enough for even the wettest ride and they all feature a slimline design which aims in preventing turbulence while attached to your helmet because there's nothing worse than having something dragging on your helmet and flicking your head side to side. Uh, Darby has confirmed pricing for the Cardo range will start at $259 for the Freecom one with the range maxing out at $599 for the Pactalk Bold and you can of course buy all of these as a pair for a discounted price which is very nice. KTM and Husqvarna's electric kids bikes have been confirmed. Uh, so these bikes have actually already landed in the country, they quietly snuck in at the end of January and it's actually been quite a while since we talked about them so let's go back. Uh, they're priced from $9,399 for the SX E5 and the EE5 and these are both the first competition ready products to offer the younger riders among us that instant torque of an electric power plant uh, all in a bike package that can actually grow with the rider unlike a traditional 50cc machine. Based on KTM's two-stroke 50cc architecture, the 50SX. Both bikes share the same electric motor and frame with the plastics and frame colour the main features which define the differences between the KTM and the Husqvarna machines. KTM said in their announcement during the bike's debut at the 2018 Eichmann Motorcycle Show that the company's mission was clear to create an ultra-competitive machine that is also easy to ride even for pure beginners. Those are normally not traits that go hand in hand, but thankfully the two little EVs have a couple of tricks up their sleeves to ensure 
people that they are manageable for the target audience. Uh, there are six different rider modes, the EE5 and E6E, uh, which control the five kilowatts of peak power from the electric motor. Uh, so there is a rider mode for any situation. Not only that, uh, both bikes feature WP suspension and an adjustable seat height to perfect the chassis for the rider who dreams of becoming the next Chris Birch. Uh, while for environmentalists, the fact that the bikes have the advantage of zero emissions uh, as a selling point. Uh, more importantly for the Kiwi marketplace where tracks are increasingly coming under attack for noise pollution and come on let's face it there aren't many hardcore environmentalists out there that are into dirt bikes. Uh, low noise and minimal maintenance will be much stronger selling points for potential buyers here. Uh, there are of course the hardcore moto families who live and breathe moto but for those looking at getting into the sport uh, the maintenance of a dirt bike can be quite daunting. Therefore the lack of traditional maintenance will make the KTM and Husqvarna ideal for youngsters and parents alike looking to make, take their first steps into the world of motorcycling. Uh, when it comes to the low noise many riders will undoubtedly prefer the sound of a two-stroke and who would blame them. Unfortunately it's a sad reality that the New Zealand motorcycle scene is seeing our tracks constantly under threat from urban developments and as such noisy motorcycle tracks getting killed off one by one. Uh, just look at Western Springs in Auckland for example, uh, Speedway there is constantly under threat and despite officially being dead, uh, still somehow manages to soldier on. Um, so with little to no noisy SXE and EE5 will allow young riders to ride hassle free without upsetting residential neighbours. Now the biggest drawback for any electric vehicle will always be range and charging times with both the KTM and Husqvarna both benefiting from decent specification for both. Uh, the battery, or as KTM and Husky calls it, power pack, can reportedly supply more than two hours of riding for a beginner lazily riding around the paddock or trail, or 25 minutes for faster junior races out on the motor track. Charging time for the power pack is good, with it taking roughly an hour to complete a charge uh, on the little EVs. Importantly, while the bike itself is priced at $9,399, prospective owners will also need to fork out for the charger specific to the power pack, which retails for roughly $800 so a little over 10 grand but you got a bike that can grow uh, can grow with children from as low as age 4 up until 10 years old and that's a pretty damn good deal in our eyes Finally for this week, Aprilia's RS660 is confirmed to be coming out with a Lambs variant. It's one of the bikes we're most excited for here at Kiwi Rider HQ and for good reason. Aprilia's upcoming RS660 is set to bring a whole new level of technology and performance to the 650 class with its blend of RSV4 tech and small capacity approachability. That level of approachability is set to be even better than Thirst Fort, with Aprilia confirming that a Lambs model will also make its way to the New Zealand dealerships. Uh, while it's still very early days, uh, this means that the Lambs class of riders will have access to all the tricks, trick bits uh, in the soon to arrive Aprilia including a TFT dashboard, varying rider modes, up and down quick shifter, traction control and a 6 axis IMU to control it all. Uh, the only downside will be these bikes will have roughly half the power of the non-Lambs bike. Uh, that's because of the Lambs 150 kilowatt per tonne rule. Uh, while details are still officially to be confirmed, um, meaning we can only speculate on what that final power will actually be, um, Aprilia New Zealand's Michael Beckhouse confirmed to Kiwi Rider that a learner legal RS660 will be heading our way. Uh, this is off the back of the news in the UK that a European A2 licensed machine is in development for the UK, uh, where an A2 license holder is essentially a restricted license holder in our part of the world, uh, give or take a few more silly rules. Um, and the machines there are restricted to no more than 47 horsepower with a power to weight ratio of no more than 0.26 brake horsepower per kilogram. Uh, as we re reported previously, New Zealand will be one of the first markets in the world to receive the new Aprilia, uh, which 
should be here in the fourth quarter of this year sometime. If you're looking to put money down on one of these incredibly spec middleweights, uh, talk to your local Aprilia deal, dealer uh, about an appropriate amount because as yet we still have no indication about what recommended retail price of this is going to be. And that's it for Kiwi Rider podcast news for this week. If you like this or want to keep up to date with all the latest news, uh, check out onthrottle.co.nz or jump online to kiwirider.co.nz and read the latest Kiwi Rider magazine. Thanks, Matt. Back at the third of four shiny shout-out bike fest events here in Tauranga. James Riley, it is round three of the Moto Gymkhana Championship. What happened in round two? Because we forgot to catch up with you. All right, uh, we had a good round two. Um, well, uh, some of the other riders had a good round two down in Christchurch. Um, you didn't win. I didn't win, no. Um, on my first ride, uh, we had a bit of a problem, or I had a bit of a problem with my rear brake. It, I arrived in the start box, and my rear brake uh, just locked itself on. So um, after that, I've uh, had to borrow a bike and then just bled my brakes and didn't use my rear brake, which is quite important in Moto Gymkhana. So unfortunately, I only managed a third place. Um, we had a very close battle though for first with um, a rider on a, a stunt rider uh, came in and uh, took the first place, followed by Kieran on a, the CBR 600. Um, he managed a very, very close second place. Cool, so we're in Tauranga now for round three. Uh, I'm gonna kick off in about uh, 12 minutes time. Are you nervous? Um, I am a little bit nervous uh, this week, yeah. We've got some uh, some pretty good, well, pretty good rider. Uh, we don't have Kieran this week, so my main competition is um, still down in Wellington. Um, so a bit free on that one, but we do have um, a uh, very, very competent rider on a little scooter. So uh, I'm battling with a uh, 125cc scooter this week. <laughs> All right, give me the rundown. What are we expecting today? Um, right, well, we've got a very small um, area. We've got uh, some, we've got three new riders. Um, and we've got uh, three of our, uh, or four of our riders from uh, Coneheads that have come up for the weekend. So uh, we've got a um, very, very short course uh, with a, starting off with um, a, quite a fast slalom with a bit of, um, looks like oil on the uh, runway there that uh, we've got to contend with, uh, followed by a uh, right-hand rotation. And then we go into a little bit of a slippy area uh, where we've got some smooth um, concrete and uh, we're going to be doing some figure of eights over there and then back down the course to the finish. Outstanding. I look forward to seeing what kind of times you guys crack. Uh, standard uh, standard orientation, four runs today? Um, yeah, we're hoping to get four runs each um, in, so um, we should be able to because we don't have that many riders. We've only got seven riders today, so it uh, should be quite easy to go. And if any of our listeners want to find out about the... Um the the results from any of these rounds you guys have a website now we do yes um, if you go to www.motogymkhana.nz.org and the results are in the competition pages yeah motogymkhana.org uh, motogymkhana.nz.org don't forget the nz motogymkhana.nz.org great thank you very much All right cheers thank you Catching up with the man, the myth, the legend. I've been trying to catch up with you for three, for three weeks, but you are so busy. Uh, Andrew Stroud, hello. Yeah, hi. You, that bike, man, the Briton, you've, you've, you've brought it to each of the um, events, and I just, every time I see it, I just stare 
drool dribbling down my chin. I know, lots of people do, even even myself. <laughs> I like to look at it time and time again. Yeah. What's it like to ride such a legend? Um, first time I rode it was it was fast straight away, and it's super light, 140 kgs, and it, the first one was 1100 and 169 horsepower on John's dyno, and it was just a rocket ship straight away. So I thought, man, we could do something with this with this bike. It's super good on the brakes. You know, the suspension the way it worked, you still had travel left under turning in under brakes but yeah there's a lot to it and we just kept refining it and making it better and better it's incredible going to Daytona for the very first time I've done 15 laps at Ruapuna and then all of a sudden I'm doing 300 k's around the banking at Daytona hoping the bike's going to stay together for one and but it ended up being 0.1 of a second off the outright lap record <clears throat> even though it stopped it was a couple of laps to go with the flat battery uh, we went back two years later and won both races and set the fastest top speed of any motorcycle that ever been to Daytona 189 miles an hour Nothing went faster for about six years. So just to be, you know, one man's dream pretty much with the group of his good mates in Christchurch to come up with something that we had to beat the factory Ducati in, in America the first time we went there and that had had whatever, I don't know, 20 million more probably spent on it in development and just won the World Superbike Championship the year before that and, and there we were with the Britain. I was, I, was, I, I kind of had the measure of him. It's quite incredible. Outstanding. So you're here uh, with the, the talk series in the lounge at Shiny Side Up and you're talking about your career and, and that marvellous Britain. When's the next outing for the Britain? I'm riding it next weekend actually at Motorfest at Hampton Downs. Yeah, and I'm riding a couple of other bikes as well. I'm going into some of the smaller classes with my son Jesse and the 150 and the 400. Just because I like riding around with them and see if I can hang in there. <laughs> awesome. Andrew Stroud at Shiny Side Up. Thank you very much for your, taking your time out of the last three weekends for being here. And uh, we look forward to catching your talks talk at around 11 o'clock this morning. Yeah, perfect. I'll go, I'll go and get myself organised. Thank you. Now, during the week, I took uh, a few minutes to have a conversation with Jane Whitaker, one of the queens of dirt, with their latest event coming up, and I think entries for the event close this weekend. Uh, more information, uh, let's crack, catch up now with Jane Whitaker. All right, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Jane Whitaker. I am the chairwoman of um, Queens of Dirt, and um, yeah, pretty excited to be chatting with you today. Queens of Dirt. Now, give me a quick overview of Queens of Dirt. So we um, basically a couple of years ago, a bunch of girls got together and thought, how can we try and promote, um, you know, dirt biking and get more more bums on seats, essentially? Um, how can we build up the confidence of the ladies out there, um, and how can we develop a more of a sense of community? community for women that ride dirt bikes in New Zealand so um, long story short we came up with the concept of Queens of Dirt and um, here we are today we're um, focusing mainly on providing one major event um, each year at the moment um, we've tested a few other things that sort of haven't necessarily gone that well so we're all about kind of testing and refining and, and just trying to make really cool rad stuff to help girls get out there and ride So tell me about that event that you're running this year it's coming up shortly It is so we have got It's a Girl Gang uh, for 2020. So we're really, really excited to have um, another massive event um, coming up in April. So um, 4th or 5th of April, um, we ha are running, it's a two-day event this time. So we've kind of upped the game a little bit from last year. Um, so some of you came to Rise of the Queens um, in 2019 and that was a really massive hit. So we've taken your feedback and um, we've, we've upped the game for this year. So um, we're going to have a two-day trail ride, which is going to be based at Burt's Farm in uh, Matata. So 
amazing, amazing place to ride. So one of my favourite places to ride. I'm based in Wellington, but I used to live up in the central North Island. So it's just um, amazing dirt, really gritty, really flea-flowing through the trees, through farmland, just a really cool place. So you can be a novice rider and really enjoy riding there and be an advanced rider and really enjoy riding there. So it really caters for all riding abilities. Um, and we'll have a number of different trails open throughout the weekend um, and, you know, some shorter and longer ones. And we'll also definitely be catering for those who are first-time novice um, riders who need um, something quite short and sweet um, for them to challenge them on that. So... Um, when queens arrive, you'll get an awesome gift bag uh, packed with goodies. Um, and, of course, uh, it's a Girl Gang event-branded tea. So every year we change the designs of our teas um, and our branding. So it's really exciting. So basically we think queens should start collecting all of the teas. Um, and we're really, really lucky to have the support of Workshop Graphics who have helped us with all our event branding, designing our logos and all those sorts of things. So that's really exciting. There's also going to be some other exciting Queens of Branded stuff in the gift bags this year. So I won't let on what that is yet. Maybe you'll have to buy a ticket if you want to get that. <laughs> um, but so we've got a whole lot of things in the pipeline. Um, we will have our trademark Moto Ice Cream Team Relay again this year. I was year, about so. to ask about this. Is the ice cream relay going to make a return? Seriously, like it was just a hit last year and it's probably like my best idea I've ever had in my whole life. So who doesn't love ice cream and dirt bikes? So we were like, let's put them together and see what happens. Um, so we're super lucky to have Thundercross Valley Dirt Bike Park have come on and sponsored the Moto Ice Cream Relay this year. And um, so we suggest that everyone starts brushing with Sensodyne now because <laughs> <laughs> like it is a bit of a hit to the tooth, but it is super super fun and it's basically like just chat on our ice cream do a lap come back tag your team out and out they go so it's super super fun um so yeah we will have the moto ice cream relay happening on saturday um we're gonna have kdm there with our um a demo fleet so kdm are our absolutely amazing amazing sponsor um for this event so we would not be here without kdm um, KDM have backed us from the very, very start, and we are so, so, so grateful for all their um, for all their support um, of these events. So they're going to have the demo fleet there. It'll be an opportunity for girls to come along and jump on some of those orange machines and get out and have a ride. Um, we're going to have a bit of extra support there too. So um, if you're not so confident on jumping on a new bike, um, we're going to have people like Jake Whitaker um, and um, Sean Prescott and those guys hanging around to, to come out with you and help you out on the trails So and help you get used to those new bikes. So. And I want to come. <laughs> Sorry, girls only. <laughs> I mean, really, this is about giving girls the opportunity to um, feel comfortable out on the trails, not feel like they've got guys whizzing past them, and just like a really rad girls' day out. So, um, yeah, that's really what we're going for. So we also have Gemma Wilson coming back over from Australia. So Gemma is super, super cool chick. So she's coming out to do some coaching. So that is going to be an amazing opportunity if people want to get to that. And then in the evening, we have like a whole nother function happening. 
thing. So it's just a chance for girls to kind of kick off their boots, get dolled up if they want. We've got a DJ, we've got dinner, we've got drinks. Um, it's going to be a super, super fun evening of just dancing on the D floor, hanging out with the girls. We'll have a bunch of spot prizes. Um, and of course, we will have the award ceremony for the Moto Ice Cream Relay. <laughs> so that's kind of the event in a nutshell. It's just an amazing weekend to hang out with the girls, get out riding, um, meet some new chicks and just really have a fun time. Awesome. So if somebody wants, if somebody, you know, listeners are maybe getting fizzed up by hearing all about it and want to want want to to get involved, <laughs> what, how, how do we, get, is it a ticket only event? What's the story? Yes, that's right. So um, definitely there's a whole lot of people fizzing at the bum. <laughs> um, so it is a ticket only event. And the reason that we do that is because we need to know how many people are coming because we're preparing things like special teas and all those kind of things for everyone. So you can get onto the Eventbrite website um, and buy a ticket from there. Uh, you can jump onto our Facebook page or our Instagram page and all the links are also on there and all the information is on there. So the Facebook page that we need to look for is? It is Queens of Dirt. Queens of Dirt, just like that. Yeah, All right. Just well, like that. I, well, that's disappointing because I really want to come. But uh, <laughs> it sounds like an epic event, uh, Queens of Dirt. We're absolutely stoked to um, to to support you guys and everything you do. So uh, maybe we'll catch up after the uh, event and and get a bit of a, an event report. Yeah, that would be awesome. Can I just mention a couple of other people before we shoot off? No, no, you can't mention anyone Please? else. No. <laughs> what, what, who I, else? I just want to mention our other major sponsors. So Fox. Um, New Zealand have come on board and we're super excited for what they're going to be doing. It is a secret at the moment um, and so when maybe close to the time we'll start releasing some of that information but we thought we didn't want to let everything go straight away so we've got to hold some cards close to our chest where uh, maybe some little hints might be something in the gift bag and maybe some other things happening around the pits area so uh, that's all safe for now but yeah super excited super excited to have um, Fox New Zealand on board as well. Outstanding it is Queens of Dirt. Uh, the event is called. Um, it's a girl gang. It's a girl gang happening when? On the 4th or 5th of April. Head to the Facebook page for Queens of Dirt to find out more. Jane Whitaker, hey, thanks very much and have a fantastic event. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Of course, we are at Shiny Side Up Bike Fest here in Tauranga, the third of four events. Now, if you're listening to this before uh, Sunday, the 8th of March, and you're in the Wellington region, we'd love you to come along to the final Shiny Side Up Bike Fest event in Carpety. It's happening at the Southwood Car Museum. Your chance to pick up $3,000 worth of riding gear. Uh, you can also pick up a uh, $500 or a $250 voucher for gear or whatever of your choice simply by uh, entering your bike in the, in the show and shop. Uh, take your helmet to see the Motocap team. You could win yourself an $800 helmet. Uh, there's so much to give away. And that's just a fraction of the prizes you could pick up. at Shiny Side Up Bike Fest happening in Carpety on the 8th of March 2020. So we talked to Jane Whitaker earlier in the podcast about uh, It's a Girl Gang and the um, the Queens of Dirt. But uh, Jake Whitaker, let's not forget about the blokes. Jake, uh, you joined us for the four rounds of Shiny Side Up, but you've also got some enduro coming up. Yeah, so we've got the um, national enduros coming up, first rounds in Tokoroa in a few weeks. So I've been really busy with these Shiny Side Up events um, back-to-back weekends, so I haven't spent a huge amount of time on my enduro bike so not real ideal preparation but um soon as this last event is finished with next weekend we'll be um yeah focused on the enduro nationals and into that how do you prepare 
Um, so just I just need some bike time really like I've had bike time obviously with these shows but it's um, not the endurance sort of training I need so um, yeah I'll get my new bike that I'm gonna race this year I'm looking like I'm gonna race a 254 stroke um, so I'll get that probably next week and yeah we'll go out on some good rides and yeah make sure the bikes all set up nicely and ready to go what do you do just hit the Akatara say oh, I'm off on the bike for 10 hours yeah so I do a lot I do quite a lot of training in the Akataras um, I don't normally go out for 10 hours but <laughs> I will, we'll, we'll go out for like four or five hour rides sometimes definitely um, I do a lot of riding up in um, Tangy Moana Forest which is up by the beach um, a bit of sand riding do a little bit of when I need to work on my speed I'll do a little bit at Taikaria um, yeah, it's hard. Down in Wellington, we actually struggle sometimes for the faster type terrain to ride. Whether where they hold the Wellington Enduro, um, it's all forestry and you need permits and stuff to get in there. It's hard to get in there during the week because they're always working in there. So um, when I need a bit of speed, I generally have to head north um, for a couple of hours to get some decent riding in. Awesome, man. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing your results um, at that uh, next round of the, was it the Enduro, National Enduro National Champs? Enduro Champs, yeah. Yep. Cool, man. It'll go well, and we look forward to well, seeing some more jumping over this trailer you've got here at Shiny Side Up as well. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Cheers. It is round three of the Mata Gymkhana Championship, and we've just completed four runs each. Two of our bigger bike riders, uh, we've got Drew and Andrew. Hey, chaps. Hello. Uh, now, which one of you guys had the uh, the KTM 790 Adventure? That would be me, Andrew. And then your bike, sir? A BMW R1200 RS. So uh, we, we run a, a larger bike category. So we've got a whole bunch of little bikes here, 250s, is even a scooter. But you guys, you know, 790 and 1200, they're the only two bikes in the bigger category. Now your first runs, I'm looking at the board here, uh, Andrew a DNF and Drew a 204. So we're looking at two minutes and 204. You guys have really made those times tumble throughout the day. Yeah, uh, certainly. I thoroughly enjoyed bringing the time down. It was The, the practice obviously helps, but, you know, just uh, learning more and more about it, it can be more comfortable with the ride it's just helped the riders come down it didn't feel any faster it just seemed smoother yep um, I, I just did what the what the guys told us to do yesterday and uh, with more practice it just got easier so what sort of things did they did they tell you to do uh, to make sure to, uh, to look right through the corners and look where we want to go um, to use our body language to uh, to uh, to move the bike into, into the into the turns um, and particularly just to look and look where you want to be now that's 790 that's a, it's a very stable machine but it is a very big machine have you noticed uh, a difference in in handling uh, through the practice that you've had in the last two days um, it, this is only my second bike so um, I don't have a lot to compare it to um, but um, I I'm finding it easier to maneuver in small spots even in the last two days than I did before and that um, that, that 1200 BMW uh, what are your thoughts on that it's a beautiful machine yeah I mean it's, it's actually quite well balanced the weight slowed down um, I did manage to drop it twice yesterday um, kept on going, didn't drop it at all today, which is good. But you know, lifting up is very easy as well. It's it's like 230 kilograms, but still pretty easy to lift up because the weight slowed down. So we talked about your times, 2:04 and, and and two minutes were your first couple of times. The latest run, run four. Uh, Andrew a 1:41.81 and Drew a 1:46.02. You guys should be very proud of those times. Basically, 20 seconds knocked off. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed, and I want to carry on doing this. It's great fun. But uh, not so much for you. I'm pretty chuffed as well. Um, just so many other things in life to do. Uh, I don't have time to do this, but it is good fun, and I'll, I'll probably pick it up again at the next next year if it happens to shiny side up. Nice one, chaps. Well, thanks for coming along and uh, showing us your bikes and um, having a bit of fun on our cone course. No worries. Thank you.
No, you're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, my name's Brian Riley. I'm the manager at Passmasters Rider Training. And you're riding a V-Strom 1000 here today? Yeah, we've got the uh, 2014 DL1000 there, um, set up with the outriggers on um, to do a bit of ABS braking. Um, rig was originally built for a, a job we did for NZTA and Opus to test um, uh, coefficients of, of drag or skid coefficients on uh, flush tarmac um, for one of their road studies they were doing. So essentially putting the bike into a slide uh, but the outriggers are there to stop it rolling over? Yeah so if, to, to do a uh, non-ABS skid to stop um, the bike would never stay upright all the way to the stop. As soon as the front, front wheel locks it turns and um, the bike would be on the ground. So the outriggers are there to give the bike something to, to fall onto rather than me falling onto the ground. And your demonstration is, is uh, the difference between locking it up with and without ABS. I mean, obviously ABS will stop it locking up, but... So I think we already showed earlier today, but the, uh, with the ABS on on that uh, loose surface, the bike takes longer to stop, but it stays upright and, and completely in control. Um, with the ABS disabled, um, the tyres skid, and I don't know if you saw the one earlier today, but Chris got the bike turning sideways um, while it was skidding. He's got no control, um, and as I said, with it sitting on that puck, the bike would have fallen over and he would have crashed long before it came to stop. Outstanding. So Passmasters, obviously Ride Forever uh, facilitators. How can we get hold of Passmasters, and what areas do you look after? Okay, so Passmasters are one of the uh, providers for the Ride Forever motorcycle training program run by ACC. Um, we cover the Waikato, Bay of Plenty, Auckland and Northland regions, and you can get us by going to www.passmasters.nz. You guys are very active on uh, social media as well. I really like uh, the, some of the stuff you guys post. I saw somebody working on their uh, suspension a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some of the posts you guys do are really informative. I really like it. Yeah, so if you want to have a look at those, that's, that's on our website, and that's, that's Passmasters um, NZ again uh, on Facebook. So jump on there, have a look what we're up to. You see some of the other stuff we do. We run uh, oh, lots of different training options. So have a look, see what we do. Awesome, thanks for um, taking the time to be here at Shiny Setup in Tauranga as well. Thanks for inviting us. It's really interesting the people you come across at these sorts of events, Shiny Side Up. In front of me, uh, Chris Smith, ex Passmasters. Uh, I've just found out that you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a, a writer for movies and you're with NZTA now. Uh, tell me about, about what you get up to, what you've been up to and, and, and what your life and your writing history has entailed. Oh, well, so it all started uh, way back in London in oh, 1998, and I was a rider trainer then, a lowly one, uh, just doing the basic handling courses, and uh, I got a phone call from um, Pinewood Studios to come down and, and teach and act just, uh, to ride, and that's nothing unusual, we used to go down and help them out for get them up and riding for the odd movie, um, and I went down there, and uh, it was Angelina Jolie for the first Tomb Raider film. Uh, so that was all cool, just smashed that out. Uh, but I'd gone down there on a time on a, a Bandit 600 that I'd built, uh, 1100 um, jicks of heads on it, and nitrous oxide, and um, the guy was quite impressed with what I put together and said, do you want a job? Uh, yeah, okay. So off we went to Shanghai, um, riding fire blades through plate glass windows and screwing them back together. And so that was kind of the introduction to the, the movie world, really. Um, from there, they kind of used the skill set that I had as, a, as an everyday rider to, to double for actresses and actors. Um, Naomi uh, Watts, we taught her to ride for things like uh, Eastern Promises, and uh, I was Natalie Umbrulia once on a Pink Triumph. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's taken me to some wicked places. Um, the last one we did was actually the Mad Max Fury Road job, 
um, out in Namibia. We spent uh, 12 months in the desert uh, where we were flipping bikes and jumping trucks and rolling trucks and setting fire to stuff. And so you can watch that movie and pinpoint you on that movie? Yeah, I can, but you wouldn't want to see it then. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're all kind of emaciated and very white. So yeah, I was a lot skinnier then. Um, it was a great job. I mean, it really brought the, the motorcycling skills that I've learned through as a rider trainer into the movie world, you know, when we're actually trying to do some really cool stuff with close-up and for real. Whereas a lot of the stuff in the last 10 years, movie-wise, has gone to CGI and, you know, backdrops. This was real. We were really flipping stuff and we were really crashing and we were really getting hurt doing it. Um, but as long as they're paying money, it kind of made it all good. So you, you certainly learn when you're spending all day on a bike, you know, how to, how to fall off. You know, people will say, oh, yeah, how do you fall off properly? Well, you know, instinct comes in. It's no such thing as falling off properly. So it's been a, it's been a great journey, and, and obviously we're past masters and, and building things like this skid bike, you know, and turning it around, you know, when we were doing the real testing, we actually put it through 360 on a skid, um, which was quite scary, to be fair, because as soon as it grips, it tries to high-side you. So this rig is not uncrashable. I saw you on this this morning and you put a little bit of rear brake into it while you were locking the front and it started to go sideways. That was that was worrying enough for me and I wasn't even on the bike. Yeah, it just makes it a little bit more dramatic, eh? Um, you probably won't find Brian doing that. <laughs> it's a little bit more reserved than I am. So uh, can I ask you about your current role with NCTA? Yeah, so I'm here now to um, support the uh, Ride Forever program, ACC's program. Um, to ensure we've got national consistency. So the course that you might do down in Invercargill and the course you might do up in um, Cape Rianga or Kai Tai or wherever the guys are going to run, you're going to get the same stuff. Delivered by different people in a slightly different way, but it's about consistency, the messages. So, yeah, up, up until now we haven't really had that, so um, it's an exciting time to, to bring everything lined up. And, and they kind of came to me... Just because I've been doing it for so long, I kind of know it inside out, back to front. So it's been great. I'm really looking forward to it. Outstanding. Chris Smith, um, well, you're NZTA now, aren't you? Oh, I am, mate. I am. Um, ex, uh, ex movie writer and past masters. Well, thanks very much for being at Shiny Setup here in Tauranga. Hey, pleasure, mate. Thank you. Well, what a massive day, a massive event, a massive three weeks so far with one more shiny side up bike fest still to come in Carpety this weekend. Absolutely stoked and looking forward to it. Thanks very much for coming on the ride with us on these podcasts as well. We'd love to hear from you. You can always email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. You can get in touch with us through the Facebook page. Just search Kiwi Rider Podcast. You can get in touch with us through Instagram as well. Otherwise, next week we'll bring you the final lot of updates from Shiny Side Up Carpety, the last event in the Shiny Side Up Bike Fest series. For more information on Shiny Side Up, do check out shinysideup.co.nz. Uh, do yourself a Ride Forever course because they're, uh, they're a whole lot of fun, if nothing else, and you'll definitely learn something. Um, next week, we're going to be catching up with Ryan Hampton, who is uh, forging a new path. Uh, he is riding electric dirt bikes and electric motards, and we're going to find out all about that and his outings at the Burt Munro as well. Uh, till then, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and if you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with a riding buddy of yours, that would be absolutely outstanding as well. I've been Ray. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up as it happens. And we'll catch you in seven days' time. Kiwi Rider.